Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft podcast, where we each take five picks from a prompt we've written from books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, give us the question to this What's on Draft host had the best set of picks in the Jeopardy draft. My name is Paul, and I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Cameron and Michael. Guys, how's it going tonight? Yeah, what is Cameron is the answer to that question. So I will take my thousand points. <laughs> that that was a one hundred dollar question. <laughs> I will take my thousand points. <laughs> good. I was going I'm to good. say, what is up? Gosh, Mike, are you sure you don't want to be a dad? I mean, you're you're just you're like you're almost there. <laughs> I am. <laughs> just, a, I'm a cat dad. I'm a cat. Oh man. Oh, it sounds like it could have been one of those uh, fictional musicians we we drafted last week. Cat dad, Cat dad. <laughs> yeah, maybe a, a children's show, <laughs> animated. So like an animated dog. Yeah, yep. so I'm thinking of Cat yep. Dog. You all remember that show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. I feel now like I'm... I haven't seen I haven't seen y'all guys in a while. I know I wasn't on the last episode. Oh, the last and two then... episodes. Yeah, because because Holly was on for the school supplies, and then and then Michael wasn't on the NBA one. So it's been a month since you've been on a draft with Michael. Michael, who's Michael? I don't know that that guy. That guy that you may not recognize without his hat, (laughs) without a hat, (laughs) without a dated hat of some kind, (laughs) a historical artifact, Uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't finished, I haven't finished the music one, but I did finish the teacher one. So, okay, okay, my way. Yeah, I have, I did finish something. I finished season one of a show that just wrapped up. Ooh, what, uh, what show? I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm pretty heavily involved in the Star Wars universe. So, I, of course, watched the Bad Batch, their new animated, uh, kind of Clone Wars style show, and that season wrapped up, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, 18 or 20 episodes or something like that so but i liked it pretty good built on the universe a lot of easter eggs a lot of things that connect here a lot of characters from live action dipping in and out characters from previous animations dipping in and out um so fleshing out that universe and and may not be a secret to y'all but i'm not really big into like the jedi stuff so i like it when there's more regular people and that show it's really focused on more of the non-force wielding people uh, as much as, as, as other shows and movies. So uh, I liked it. It was good. I can't wait for season two. But honestly, by the time it comes out, there's going to be so much Star Wars content out there. Uh, yeah. Visions is supposed to be out fairly quickly. Oh, I that believe. looks so good. Yeah, that looks great. I bet that's right up Michael's alley too. Yeah. It looks really good. Did you see Did the you... trailer, Mike? I have not seen any trailers for it. Yeah, check it out. Star Wars yeah. Visions. It, it's a it it's a bunch of the biggest anime studios making uh, in like, I think six star Wars stories or something like that. And uh, the great thing is it's not Canon, so they can just do whatever they want uh, in the universe. And there's just some wild stuff in the, in the trailer. It looks, it looks a lot of fun. There's a character who has like an anime girl head and face but then she has uh six arms and wields lightsabers and all of them like general grievous so it's like general grievous but a waifu and it's uh it, it looks uh hilarious and awesome at the same time so i'm, I'm very excited for it 
Oh, cool. I have a, a DVD uh, called Batman Gotham Night that is the exact same setup as this. They went and found hmm. a bunch of Japanese directors to direct short uh, segments and compiled them in an anthology. Really awesome to see all the different styles. So if it's anything like that, I'm super pumped about it. Interesting. That sounds awesome. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they've they done a couple like Batman anime things. Uh, they did Batman Ninja a couple years ago that I think they had an anime mm-hmm. studio work on. So I don't know, maybe that's a trend. They're going to start bringing more anime directors in for big American properties. I, I like know. the ones that are really gritty and still traditional style. The, mm-hmm. the cell shaded stuff is not my thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I speaking of anime, um, am going back and rewatching slash watching uh, Cowboy Bebop because I've I only watched I think half of the season at one mm-hmm. time and then I just mm-hmm. got distracted and stopped. So I just started over from the beginning after looking at all the images of the live action one coming out. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing that. Yeah, scares I, me. I, I only know of the, the news of the live action. I, I've seen this floating around. So this is this is um there's original content in mm-hmm. the anime is awesome. Okay. Yeah. It, it's one it's one season, 26 episodes that ran in like the late 90s originally. Um, and it's got a really fantastic art style. It's kind of um almost I mean, Firefly is like really kind of derivative of Cowboy Bebop and like the space Western front, like a lot of the stuff from Cowboy Bebop, you can see imitated in Firefly um, or homaged in Firefly, I guess. But it's uh, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And the soundtrack is awesome. The theme song is super catchy. But yeah, the live action uh, John Cho is uh, playing Spike. Um, and I mean, he's kind of got the look down in the, um, John Cho just, he seems to play older than I always pictured Spike in the anime, but, um, he seems to have the look down and I think he'll have the attitude down. And then, um, I don't know the names of the other two actors. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's coming to Netflix. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it. Oh, is it a Netflix original? It is, yeah. Oh, that that concerns me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Um, uh, oh, uh, the Death Note one I know was not very popular, and uh, Alex Hassel is vicious, and uh, Daniela Pineda is Faye. Cameron, I would say that if anything, just go check out the title sequence right after we get done recording. It's one of the best title sequences mm-hmm. I've seen. It's it's from an animation standpoint, like graphic design standpoint, beautiful. And it's set to a really jazzy track. Okay. It's It's awesome. It's a good pump up song. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I watched, um, I think I watched the first couple episodes. I'm just watching like one a night right now, but I also watched uh, a lot of clips of the proposed Jeopardy hosts. Uh, relating to our topic tonight, I don't know if you guys watched any of the the trials um, that they've done. No, no, I haven't. I wasn't aware this was a thing. They're they're putting them through obstacle courses. Well, it's it's kind of it's really blown up in their face. I think the way that they did it, 
mm-hmm. because they they didn't want I mean they wanted to keep filming while they Sony did the search for the new permanent host. Right. So they brought in guest people and they pitched it like these guests are kind of trying out so we can see, you know, what the ratings look like and things like that. Um, but it's a mix of people who probably were legitimately auditioning for the show. And then people who, uh, were just stepping in, um, as a guest host, either just, they're probably fans of the show. Like George Stephanopoulos did a stint. He's not going to leave his gig to go do Jeopardy. Right. Right. Or like Katie Couric, I think did one, like she's not going to go do Jeopardy full time, but, uh, or, uh, one who was surprisingly good was Aaron Rodgers, um, who was just yeah. a big fan of the show, and he prepped a lot and came. And um, I think uh, he um, uh, was really surprisingly good. Now, I don't think they would give him the full-time job because having Aaron Rodgers as the host would be very distracting from like the trivia. Yes. Because you'd just be confused that it was Aaron Rodgers. But <laughs> um, uh, I think he did a surprisingly good job. But uh, they started out with Ken Jennings, who I, I thought was really good. Um, and then they ended up, uh, uh, of course, picking one of their executive producers, Mike Richards, who um, was I, I thought he did a pretty decent job when he was the host. And then they picked uh, Mayim Bialik to be the uh, special tournament kind of host occasionally. Yeah. Um, she was pretty good as well. I thought she, um, she would, she was a lot jokier and would like kind of laugh, uh, with the contestants on answers and things in a way that I feel like if I watched multiple episodes, I would get over a little quickly, but also she just did it for like two weeks. So, so kind of like a, like a Jimmy Fallon syndrome. Yeah. A little bit just enjoying it and involved way too much. But I, yes. Yeah. I, and I, I say, I, I probably wouldn't want that from the Jeopardy host, right? Like Alex had a very dry sense of humor and he would kind of rib the guests pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, But he would also just step back into like host mode and just rapid fire the trivia questions in a Mm -hmm. way that you kind of do. But of course the internet uh, was most interested in having LeVar Burton become the host. He did a week. um, I thought his week was, I, I didn't watch, a lot i've I've only been able to like find clips i didn't watch a full episode uh but i thought his week was just okay um compared to some of the others and that kind of puts i think put them in a weird spot which is that online people coalesced around a pick i don't think internally they felt like he was the best pick Mm -hmm. um i mean obviously they, they didn't pick him uh and so the way they set it up just set it up for it to be like a disappointment, right? If they were going to hire from within, they should have just done that. Uh, So then once they picked Mike Richards, people went back, they found he had made some misogynistic and controversial uh, quotes and some other things on a podcast he did associated with the prices, right? So he stepped down after a day and now who knows what they're going to do. Here we are, right? Right. Uh, So we thought... Why don't we just step in and solve the problem for them, right? So uh, here's what we're going to do tonight. We are each going to draft five Jeopardy hosts. We're going to take the permanent right replacement for Alex Trebek, the one that's going to be doing the weekly episodes. Uh, But then Jeopardy also has the specialized episodes that they do. So we're going to take hosts uh, to guest host and fill in on those spots. So we'll be taking... 
uh, one host to do Kids Jeopardy, the teen and kind of college age Jeopardy, the tournament of champions, and then celebrity Jeopardy along with our permanent host. So uh, Sony, I'm, I'm sure uh, whoever the president of Sony is uh, listens to us weekly, but you're welcome. You should just come to us first and we're gonna give you three lists and you can just pick uh, whichever one you like the best. Okay. So do we need to buzz in to make a pick? Was it the first one to buzz in? Each round gets the pick first. Yes. Can you read take that without yawning? <laughs> so tired, man. I don't get I lost sleep these days. Yeah, I know. That's I know fair. That's very fair. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh fun. I'm a I'm a I'm a human dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different requirements. Very different. <laughs> Did you make that cat dad joke on the air or was that pre-production? I've uh, mentioned it before. So that was, okay. on the, that was on the air. So, okay, good. I was like, man, you have to cut this in. <laughs> no, Cameron we would... just saying I'm a human dad. <laughs> I'm some that's, robot. That's just how you talk. <laughs> I am human dad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, clearly we're very well prepared and professional this evening as usual. Uh, we have randomized the draft order. Michael is going to be up with the number one pick followed by Cameron and then me. So, uh, unless there's anything I'm forgetting, we can go ahead and kick it off. So you want to start off with the permanent one? I mean, I, I feel like it makes sense to get the permanent one before you do the guests in case, I don't know if your permanent gets stolen, you could always elevate one of your guests instead of guest host, instead of getting to the end and being like, I had to go find a random person to be the main thing that I'm, uh, I'm going to take. But if you, if you guys think it's better to have the suspense for the fifth round, uh, we could go that way as well. I'll leave it up to y'all. I think y'all took this one a little more serious than I did. Well, let's make a decision before we have too much dead air to cut. Well, I'm what? stalling for time because I need to do more research. <laughs> All right. Well, as the number one pick, I don't, I don't know how much time you have. Yeah. Let's save the permanent host for the fifth round then. And then, Mike, whichever one you have a pick ready for, we'll do our usual yeah. style. You're the first pick of the round, so you pick the category for this round. And, okay. Uh, we'll go. We'll go from there, and we'll do the. We'll do the. The Alex Trebek replacement in the fifth round. All right. So we're going to start off with the kids' Jeopardy. Mm, okay. I feel like the requirements to be a host of kids, and granted, these are not your run-of-the-mill children. These are the the super smart children. But I feel like someone still needs to try to relate to them on a different level and be bubbly and enthusiastic. And someone that I think embodies that and will be able to kind of bring levity to the show and hopefully make the kids feel all right if they, if they mess up. Someone that deals with failure constantly in her show I'm going to take Nicole Byer from Nailed It. She's an awesome host and 
always has a wonderful sense of humor, a very, very bubbly person. And I think that uh, this would just fit really well for her to host the, the kids tournament. I, uh, I don't know this person, so. Oh, you never, never watched Nailed It on Netflix? I've seen like the first 10 minutes of the yeah. first episode, so I don't think I saw her. <laughs> is she the host? She yes. is, yeah. She's oh, the well, host. then maybe I haven't seen it then. Yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, she is. Um, she's funny. She has a, I like her ongoing feud with, um, what's the cameraman's name that she, uh, she, she's always, <laughs> she makes. With. Come, come do everything. Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember. Is his name Kyle? Maybe, but she'll <laughs> she'll just yell at him to do stuff, or he'll walk in the background to go do something, and she'll be like, "Kyle, why are you walking across the set?" Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, she's. Um, so I think of uh, the categories that we have right for like Jeopardy episodes. Um, I don't think she would be a fit for a lot of them sort of right. like we said with Mayim, um, you don't want too big of a personality for a lot of these categories because the show is really supposed to be about the contestants. Like they say mm-hmm. that all the time. Um, and, you know, I was discussing with Elena, like Alex Trebek became a celebrity because of Jeopardy, right? And if you're putting in someone with too much outside celebrity, that kind of changes the dynamic of, of the show. But mm-hmm. I think the two places you can really get like a like a big personality like she has would be the celebrity or the kids categories. Um, and you're right. I think just her level of excitement that she consistently has um, would would be a good match for the kids. Um, I just as a side note, I would recommend she's guested on a couple episodes of How Did This Get Made? Um, and she's very funny on the episodes of that podcast. So uh, mm. I would, I would check that out if you want more Nicole Byer content, but, um, yeah, I like, I like this specifically because you're taking it for the kids around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She cracks me up. I think she should be great working with them. All right. Well, Cameron, I'm assuming you don't have more input, not, uh, being familiar with Nicole. So, how about uh, who who have you recently researched as a host for Kids Jeopardy? Yeah, this might be a record. <laughs> I found this person around 22 seconds ago, and I'm going. Mm. Okay, so I think that's right. a new record. So let me know <laughs> if you guys break that at any time. Uh, this is somebody whose name was tossed out when I was discussing it with my wife. Not the kids, but just Jeopardy hosts in general. Hmm. Um, oh, actually, we did talk about it with the kids one. Um, and I was telling her, you know, when I wanted a host, I wanted somebody kind of like Johnny Karate from Parks and Rec, you know? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Dwyer, Chris Pratt character has a kid show, you know, very enthusiastic, very kind of joking around action oriented kids host. You know, you could hire an actor to do that. So it's hard to really say i found the right one so i then kind of we switched to well what about somebody who's kind of authentically like that and so mm-hmm. my wife threw this name out as somebody that we've seen in many interval interviews um and she 
is very personable. She's off the cuff. She's kind of just free and flowing. So I think that would really work well with kids. She's not like a rigid Alex Trebek or somebody like that. I think somebody who's probably a little more go with the flow, which will help the kids loosen up. I'm going to go with Oscar award-winning actress, Jennifer Lawrence. (laughs) So she is someone with a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have heard she has a potty mouth and uh, while, while hilarious and I love it. I'm curious if she can rein that in. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be a producer off to the side with another buzzer, but this buzzer will kill the feed as soon as uh, something is uh, spoken. Well, it's it's pre-taped. They don't have to. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just going to scar the children off. She's coming in through through a screen so they could kill the feed to the kids in case. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go, Paul. Yeah. Uh, earmuffs children. <laughs> uh, yeah, this would, I mean, this would be a big name for, for Jeopardy to, uh, yeah, well, how, I mean, how often it. do you have kids? It's not, it's not, I didn't pull out a big Oscar winner for the, right. the every day. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, um, I, I tried to be, uh, cognizant of that in making my picks in, um, I, I kept, sort of bigger names for the kid. I have a couple big actor names as well. And I was like, well, I can only do the very specialized categories uh, mm-hmm. for the, for the really big names uh, because of that. And so funnily enough, I did not consider money at all. <laughs> as usual, as, yeah. <laughs> as typical Michael fashion. <laughs> you're the starting out with is, the, the world um, fingertips. Yeah. You're, you're heading the direction of my, uh, of my uh, office cast, though. Yeah, a right couple now. times a year. It's no big thing. Okay. It's not. It's not an, every, an episode every week with uh, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks or whoever you have. <laughs> hey, hey, you're, you're, hey, stepping hey, my, yeah. you're stepping oh, on my. You're stepping on my upcoming yeah. picks yeah, well, here. My bad, my Watch bad. out. <laughs> Nothing appeals to the kids like uh, some really aged. Uh, Big <laughs> Christopher Walken for kids, Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, with. Probably less so with the kids tournament, uh, more with the other tournaments, but it's still going to be relevant, right? You need to be quick to host Jeopardy. Um, you have to move through the categories pretty quickly. Uh, and she um, uh, she just seems to have the kind of personality that can, uh, you know, rapidly kind of either improvise or adjust to their, what's going on. Um, some of the hosts they brought on to like trial, you could tell uh, they want to you know, their personality is just so big. And I think this happened with LeVar a little bit, right? Like LeVar is, is just so excited that he wants to kind of be in every moment and you need someone who can kind of like, okay, yes, you got it wrong. You got it right. On to the next question. Um, Cause Jeopardy is just so fast paced. And I, I feel like J-Law could handle that. Just listening to interviews with her, she's uh, quick witted and um, uh, uh has that kind of personality, right? Where you, okay. she can talk quickly and, and keep up with the conversation. So uh, I think that, I think that makes sense, but that is, that is a, that is a big draw, but Hey, maybe the kids are really into watching the hunger games movies. And so yeah. they like, all right, Katniss. Katniss is hosting. Yeah. They bring their bows and arrows. She is quick with the clap back. Yeah. She's, yes. she's so if any of the kids are sassy, 
So keep them in mind. That's that's right. That's right. Which is like an underrated uh, uh, Alex Trebek trait right is true like I, I people talking about what they wanted in a host was like we just want someone who's like kind and like you know nice and and you you know i was like alex trebek like <laughs> would would sass some contestants mm-hmm. uh there's a famous clip where they had someone on and you know he was asking them each for like one interesting thing about them and she said she did uh nerd rap or something and yeah. he was like what's nerd yeah. rap and he was like yeah we like rap about math and like you know, Dungeons and Dragons and things like that, you know, like nerds like it. He goes, Oh, you mean losers? <laughs> it's like his immediate reaction. And that was like a oh recent clip. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just moved on to the next kid. I was like, Yeah, Alex Trebek, if he did, if he, you know, saw an opportunity to rag you, he would take it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, he's uh, more subtle than that, but <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah yeah that one was i'll I'll, that's i mean that's clipped everywhere i can link like a youtube video to that Uh, okay all right so think about like six or seven years from now who would you want to host your children on jeopardy paul (laughs) that's right uh you know what i am gonna go with a guest host here uh Man, my you picked the hardest category for me, so I have two paths I thought about taking. You picked the hardest category for me to commit to either path. <laughs> um, I guess done, I'll, I'll nice talk at the end about uh, why that is, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my direction here, and I'm gonna go with someone who, if they wanted to uh, stick around, if, you know, in perpetuity for the kids tournament, could potentially be ageless. Uh, I am going for the kids tournament here with uh, Kermit the Frog, by which Mm. I mean a partnership with the Jim Henson Corporation, where they have Kermit come in and host the kids tournament. Um, So, uh, right. That anytime they, they, you can switch out the actor, you could, you could keep Kermit around for as long as you want. Uh, But the Muppets um, haven't been, uh, haven't gotten a lot of traction with the new like TV shows and stuff they've tried to do. Although I thought the latest TV show was pretty good with the Muppets. The one that was filmed like an office kind of style. I thought it was pretty funny, but didn't last a season. So I think this would be like a golden opportunity to be like, here's a property that, you know, has always been for kids and entertainment for children um, and also could use its popularity boost. I think it would be kind of buzzworthy for them to be a part of Jeopardy. So you could benefit both the show and the Muppets. And it just feels like a kind of a good natural fit. Um, and of all the Muppets, Kermit being the main Muppet and also the one who uh, kind of speaks the most clearly out of all the Muppets, right? <laughs> right. So there's no chance yeah. of one of them, uh, you know, you don't want Beaker, obviously, as your representative from the Muppets, uh, meeping through the questions. Um, or so I think, animal. Right. So I think of the groups of the Muppets, Kermit uh, was the best pick. So I'm, I'm going to go Kermit the Frog. So this was actually one of my considerations, him and Big Bird. Which is uh, voiced by the same person. The same puppeteer does Big Bird and Kermit. Wow. Oh my goodness. So we could have had both of them on stage at the same time. <laughs> just, he left just hand, jumps, right hand. Jumps between <laughs> left hand, right hand. <laughs> I guess Big Bird's not a hand puppet. No. Um, <laughs> just be his head. Just be his head there. 
decapitated Big Bird and Kermit. Uh, so the children on the show, are they like preteens? How old are they typically? I feel I like, like 10, like 9 10 to 12, 12, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming it's similar to like um, kids master or master chef junior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so my thinking here is these are the ones that are super studious and may feel more adult than they are. Mm-hmm. How are they going to react to a puppet hosting them? That was yeah, my, it's, it's, that was my little, concern. Yeah. It's a little demeaning if you ask me. Honestly. Uh, yeah. But then it's, it's Kermit. So, <laughs> so you will I'm quickly a big, win I'm, them over. I'm a big Kermit fan. I always have been. I'm, um, um, I was always more of a Muppet kid than a Sesame street kid. Kermit's my guy. Frogs are actually my favorite animal, so I kind of uh, was gravitated toward Kermit. And I love Kermit in all the movies and everything he's done. I haven't checked out any of the recent shows like Paul's mentioned. So I like this pick for that reason. However, I am worried about the aspect of a puppeteer rapid reading and responding to questions. Uh, they have to get a good eye for the judges because sometimes the judges have to decide on the answer. Um, so I don't know how they're going to work the operations of that, where there's a yeah. puppeteer well, the, reading questions I mean, and the everything. The puppeteer would be like, you know, he would be like under a podium or mm-hmm. something. So unlike the hosts, you know, the hosts typically have a set of cards that they flip mm-hmm. through uh, with all the question stuff. He, I mean, he could be set up with a series of screens that they could put mm-hmm. information um, up on that's under true. the podium. That's so, true. You're right. It's a it's the 21st century. I forget. And, yeah. And I I just looked it up. Contestants are aged 10 to 12. Um, 10 to 12. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. If we can have Jennifer Lawrence record in a different room, we can make <laughs> Kermit work in the safety room. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, interesting. Uh, so kids here. Nicole Byer uh, for Michael, Jennifer Lawrence for Cameron, and Kermit the Frog for Paul. I want to see a little, a little darker Kermit, though. A little bit more like Triumph. <laughs> now Triumph, that would have been that would have been a good one right there. Get uh, some real solid clapbacks. Well, then, uh, hey, I, we haven't made the other picks. I might be going all puppet. <laughs> for <my picks. laughs> uh, like Triumph it. for celebrity. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, round two, then I get to, to kick off the next category. Uh, and I, uh, I'm going to go to the celebrity jeopardy next. Um, now I had several picks actually liked for celebrity jeopardy. Um, I think the fun thing with celebrity jeopardy is that the, uh, contestants are, uh, obviously they're playing for charity. Right. Um, so because uh, the whole idea is just to generate money for charity, I think you can be a little forgiving of the host if there's more joking around, if they're maybe not making uh, as, you know, as doing as good a job, like actually hosting the game as mm-hmm. you can say the permanent replacement. Um, so I, I, I focus more for Celebrity Jeopardy on um, people who would have a dry humor. Right. I, I don't want. Uh, you know, someone, you know, I don't know. I don't want some, I'm trying to think of a good example. I don't want like a Jim Carrey level of like zaniness going on, Yeah. but I want someone who is going to be pretty rapid fire with the jokes um, and uh, would be a big name as well. So I think I'm going to go here with 
the biggest name that I have on my list, uh, I am going to go with Ryan Reynolds for my Celebrity Jeopardy host. Um, What size font was that, Paul? Oh, for my biggest name, that would be uh, a size uh, 34 uh, uh, Calibri font. Um, That's pretty uh, big. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds, um, he uh, has the, the quick-witted humor and specifically does kind of the roast style humor, right? So he could be... Uh, he could be needling some of the jokes. You could have Hugh Jackman come on as a celebrity guest for one of them, and they could extend their feud onto the Jeopardy stage. I think that would be a, a pretty fun draw. Uh, but I think he could he could buckle down and get through the questions as rapid fire as he needs to, but also would know would probably know when to crank up the humor just because he's got good comedic timing. And he would be a big draw, right? You could say... You know, Ryan Reynolds is is going to host and that would get more eyes on it and more eyes on it probably helps uh, raise additional money for charity because they like to double the funds if they can that people raise and stuff like that. So, again, I think it would be um, uh, good for the good for the show. And this would be the only category that Ryan would fit in. But I think he would be good for the celebrity one. You I like this him as permanent host. No, too, too much. Too yeah. much joke. Too much. <laughs> Too much, too much. Uh, uh, you were talking about Aaron Rodgers being distracting. Yes, yeah. This yeah. is distracting, but this is good distracting. It's celebrity yes. jeopardy. It's distracting all the way around. Uh, no, I mean as permanent host. Oh you yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I like this pick. I think I think Ryan Reynolds would be really good. He he can really articulate um, yeah. his comedy. That's kind of his shtick, right? He's so ahead of you. He kind of reminds me of a better like Joe McHale. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, which hmm, I didn't think about Joe McHale. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're next. So <laughs> really we should come on and pod so that I can see who y'all pick and then I can get my, yeah. yeah. So, um, I like this pick. I think this is, I think this is good. I love Ryan Reynolds. Um, I've loved him since. What was that show he was on forever ago? <laughs> That's, uh, two, guys, a two guys, a girl, a girl and a pizza okay. place. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think this is good. Uh, yeah. Have, have y'all seen the short that he did, um, where it's him as Deadpool and then Taika as Korg reviewing the trailer for free guy. No, <laughs> it's, uh, he's like, yeah, it's the first, uh, it's the first crossover with Deadpool and the MCU officially. And it's, uh, they they posted it like it was a new YouTube channel where he was hmm. doing a reaction video to trailers and it was just the trailer for his own movie that they were doing. But uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. So I liked I all the I layers recommend. there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'd check that out. <laughs> wow. All right, Cameron. So you have uh, got a new idea here for a possible pick. What so when think? I think of... Uh, the show community, you know, I'm joking. I'm joking. I mean, it um, would be faster than 22 seconds of research if you just heard the name and then immediately drafted him. Nobody could it, beat that record. Yeah, it, the closest person to whoever just picked that's who I'm going with, and it works because I'm number two, so I can do that. Um, now I'm I have this one keyed up already. I wanted somebody like you who could kind of make jokes quick, so I need somebody with a good uh, set of comedy chops. I need somebody who I thought was a good or, orator, orator, orator. 
Uh, and this guy's got a good voice as well. Uh, he sings sometimes. So he's in comedy. He's got a great singing voice. Hey. So I think he's just going to sound good. Uh, and he's got a great smile. He's going to look great up there behind the podium. I'm going with Seth MacFarlane as my Celebrity Jeopardy host. Now, if you don't know Seth MacFarlane, obviously the, the creator of Family Guy, American Dad. Um, he's done a couple movies, uh, Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, I think, was he, he involved in Ted? Yes. Yep. He was, he was, he's right? the bear. Yeah. Yeah. He was Ted. Yeah. 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 He was Ted. So, um, great voice. Great, great voice. I think that's why his shows actually did really well, is that he does most the voices and he, he, he does it. He's a really good uh, plain spoken voice and, and i referenced it he's a great singer as well uh, i've got yeah mm-hmm. he, he sings a lot not just in his shows he's done some stuff where he's singing and so just a good all-around voice so i think he's gonna set, send the questions over pretty well um but i think he's he's pretty quick with the comedy so he'll be able to go mm-hmm. toe for toe with uh ryan reynolds over there and uh and, and make some good quips with the celebrities yep. i feel like he is also one step removed from most of Hollywood because he does so many animated things and is more known for his voice rather than being on screen. Mm -hmm. So that'll be kind of a nice dynamic working with all the other A-list celebs. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And he um, also on the Orville, Cameron is his other accolades, which I like a lot. I love the Uh, Orville. At times I think the Orville is, is better than a majority of the Star Trek shows. Yeah, it's it feels like classic, like optimistic, like good kind of Star Trek stuff that I think is is really good. But yeah, um, and he also is right. All of his shows like Family Guy especially is known for obscure pop culture references. And so I think that fits in really nicely with a trivia show. Right. Just the fact that he already has such a backlog, at least on the pop culture side of like references uh, he's not going to get tripped up by anything that uh, shows up on the board and probably could improvise some good quips about people's answers based on uh, yeah. what they come up with just because he seems to have a, a pretty encyclopedic catalog of references to go through. All right. Well, uh, Michael, two, two pretty, pretty well-regarded picks here. What are you going to line up to uh, challenge them? I agree that having a, a kind of dry sense of humor is what what we want for this one. And I feel like the British sense of humor is one of the driest at times. And this person that I'm going to pick has been a panel guest on the Big Fat Quiz shows uh, and is friends with Noel Fielding. Um, he has a really awesome sense of humor and ribs the host a lot in a very British way. I feel like he could possibly bring that to the celebrities. That's what I kind of want to see. I want to see the host give the celebrities a hard time, Mm -hmm. but do it so subtly or in a backhanded way that they might not even realize it. I really like his interactions with celebrities on the show Travel Man where he goes around to specific locations with someone and has awkward experiences with them. So I'm going to pick Richard Ayoade for this one. Mm. He's okay. a incredibly intelligent man and well-spoken, very quick. And I think that uh, 
I think that his interaction with like American Hollywood would be really fun to see, especially in the Jeopardy setting. Yeah, I I think um, especially on the right the comedy side of things, uh, one of his specialties mm-hmm. is uh, he can really he can really slip a joke in, mm-hmm. and then with such a straight face and keep going that I feel like th- there would probably be times when he might like rib one of the contestants and they realize it like 20 seconds later yes, like exactly. he's moving yeah. on to the next yeah. question they're gonna be like exactly. Wait a yeah. yeah they're trying to answer and then they're just now yeah. getting this joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah i think that would be uh that would be pretty funny and he's not um of the uh of the three that were taken here for the celebrity jeopardy um he's probably got the calmest outward demeanor which is definitely not a negative when it comes to hosting a trivia show um he's not going to be he'll be quick-witted but he'll never be sort of distracting um Mm -hmm. against the actual game show yeah i I like this pick um i didn't love it when you first said it but i think i think he's a good host just in general i think he could really be a good host um but you know when paul talked about he could probably his 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 interaction with the contestants will be different from Seth MacFarlane and Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but his, but his, his way of doing that, it will be kind of subtle, subtle humor. Um, so it might be entertaining even if you're not a Jeopardy fan. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like it. Also a uh, shout out to Garth Marenghi's dark place, which he is on and is now streaming on Amazon. Uh, which was not available anywhere for a long time. So what is that? Uh, it's a show with him uh, and Matt Berry and um, a bunch of other British comedians. That is like a take on super schlocky like television. So mm. it's like a, it's a parody of like cheesy horror uh, a television it's it's very british and very wacky but extremely funny so very uh, good yeah available on amazon now okay all right are we ready for the next category we are what are you gonna fire up here i would like to now pick a host for the college tournament so for the college tournament we've got these young intellectuals And we want someone that they're going to know and respect, possibly be distracted by, but I really want them to be enthusiastic that they're getting to be in the room with this famous academic person. And I want someone that also is not afraid to be in front of the camera, has a really awesome voice, kind of soothing. I'm going with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm -hmm. This is good. This is a good pick. I, li- I like this. I, th- I thought about Neil. I really did. Uh, he does have a soothing voice. Um, he, his, when you listen to, I haven't listened to any of his audio books, um, but his interviews are calming. Um, and he has a way of kind of delivering the, the message um, uh, really well, really, uh, I hate to say it, but kind of ASMR-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what it is? AS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, good, good timbre in his voice, very level, very smooth. I think he'd be a great Jeopardy host just in general. Uh, and I think he really fits on the college front as well. He's yeah. a, he's a physicist. Is that correct? 
astrophysics. Astrophysics. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think people would, would be excited. You're right. I think the college kids uh, would get a kick out of it. Uh, personally, I am very much not a fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> uh, it, like his, I just don't like his whole online shtick, which is like, to be like, like every, like a, a thing will be popular. And Neil deGrasse Tyson's the guy that steps in and is like, uh, actually, this is why this thing that you like mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you like the Spider-Man game. Well, Spider-Man couldn't swing across the street like that without dislocating his shoulder because it's like, yeah, we know that Spider-Man is not physically accurate. Obviously, we don't you, need you to constantly bring this up. You know, Paul, it's interesting you say that because he does have this um it, it's hard because i try not to be i not i try not to i try to keep my prejudices my own prejudices mm-hmm. uh but he does have this sort of off-putting way of kind of talking down to his audience by making it seem so simple and making it seem like it's like no, 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 no. You, that's not why, you know, the, the planets are moving, you know, and it, that's causing, you know, it, it's kind of this way of like, you should be so blown away by what I'm saying. You should be like, oh my God, I need to know more. But he kind of, he, 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 he puts that on too much to what he's saying that it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, man, we're just trying to learn some stuff here. We're not trying to like, you, you're not, uh, I don't know. And and I and I've seen people react to him that way and I get that a little bit. I don't think I'm I'm not quite as annoyed as you are um about the whole thing, but he's definitely that 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 tough intersection of scientist and celebrity and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a true scientist would never be a celebrity. Uh you know, or they wouldn't be doing as much science as they need to be doing. So, that's kind of the it's kind of a a, a uh, He's, what, he's, what do you call it? Like a, a catch 22. Like mm-hmm. we can't have celebrity scientists as much as we would really want them for a good society because that's not what a celebrity is. So yeah. I, I get that. Right. I feel like he's more of a spokesman for science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, it, exactly. Like not the actual scientist, but the spokes, the, the figurehead for the scientist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he does. I mean, he does have uh, he does have a lot of hosting duties that he's done various shows, obviously not game show style. But, um, you know, I think I feel like that experience still helps in terms of being the guy that has to run the show uh, as the face that's on camera. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think people would be into it, but uh, you're going to you're going to lose my viewership for this college for the college week. That's okay, Paul. Well, honestly, (laughs) Is, is Paul going to want to watch it? He deals with college kids. Exactly. Day. He's going to be true. teaching them. He's not going to be watching even. them. It's like, I'm, I'm I see it. you all. Yeah, just like Michael is not going to watch the cat episode. <laughs> Actually, the, was, the cat tournament is the best pretty good. Jeopardy Sounds tournament. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's like when they predict the Super Bowl winner by like letting the dogs run, you know, to a picture, but it's just cats with a bunch of the questions and they run, they see who runs to the correct question first. Mm-hmm. Watch that. All right. Well, Cameron, uh, who, who have you got here for your college Jeopardy host? Well, you know, 
Paul, I don't think you're going to like mine. Um, and mm. I didn't go with Neil deGrasse Tyson, but uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I did go with another staple, a little bit longer in the tooth as far as their uh, public appearance uh, involved in uh, our society and the zeitgeist, so to speak. So mm. I'm going with, of course, uh, the famous, uh, he's not a doctor. I believe he has a master's in engineering. Probably has a couple mm. of honorary <laughs> doctorates by now, but I'm going with Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, it's kind of him and Neil that kind of are the figureheads of science for celebrity, uh, with, with celebrityism, um, involved. So, uh, if you don't know who Bill Nye, the science guy is, you're clearly not within the ages of probably 15 and 45, um, and not That's, really, yeah. yeah, probably so. But if, so if you're outside those ranges, famous, uh, television show host from the nineties, that was supposed to be geared toward young people and kids where he would explain science and uh, scientific facts and theories uh, in a way that's easily interpreted into uh, young people. Really interesting show, good content. I've caught his uh, later shows. He had one on Netflix for a while. Maybe he's really geared toward young people because it just didn't do it for me. Uh, he was, a, he was a lower two jokesy and um, I've, I've read uh, a couple of his books in the last deca decade. I, I like science books that are really geared toward the layman because I'm not really science heavy. So I just appreciate that, that, uh, that niche uh, kind of subject matter. Uh, not that his were like amazing or, or blown, blown, blowing me away. So, but uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, same approach as, as Michael here. Um, and then a little bit of a tangent here. As you guys probably know I'm a big Stargate fan. I'm a Gator, as they called us. Uh, but um, you know the the second show, the spinoff show, was Stargate Atlantis, and there was an episode, I believe, in season three or four, where the the main character, who was the science officer on the show, goes to a conference, um, a science conference, and Neil and Bill were guest stars on the episode, and they all got like stuck in this building. And they were being attacked by aliens. Uh, and it was just funny because Neil and Bill were in the entire show, mostly arguing over how to get out, like using science. And it was just, it was, just, it was a great, uh, it was a great um, episode to have a, a real person, two real people. Um, and so ever since then, I've kind of considered them pretty much like the two sides of the same coin. So uh, kind of a fun little tidbit there that we drafted them both in the, in the same round. Yeah, he, uh, he he doesn't. Um, uh, I guess he doesn't put himself out there as much as Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, or he's he's not. Uh, he doesn't insert himself into conversations online at least as much. Uh, but he does come out um, right. He'll he'll show up for like interviews or. Uh, I feel like he. I know he's he's gone and talked to Congress at least once. He's I think he's probably done it more than once. I don't know remember if Neil deGrasse Tyson has or not, but um, I feel like he's almost uh, right. Like if Neil deGrasse Tyson is like the science ambassador or like going out, like kind of spreading the word of science, like Bill Nye sort of does like science advocacy where he's upping, he's upping the level of like pushing for specific policies and stuff publicly probably a little bit more than well Neil deGrasse Tyson keeps it more just like let's talk about science facts and stuff um, but I think that uh, probably like is something that college kids would enjoy and would, would be a fit mm, um, with college and I I wonder 
where the cutoff period is for Bill Nye, the science guy, nostalgia, right? Like for our generation, like we would watch Bill Nye in school. So I feel like there's a high degree of nostalgic factor for us. I wonder at what age did people stop rolling the TV in and the giant cart and watching (laughs) uh, Bill Nye, the science guy clips. Um, Question. uh, But if, if, right. If any of these groups are probably still going to have that level of nostalgia, it would be probably the champs or the the college kids. So they Mm -hmm. might, they might uh, be super into it. Hmm. I feel like, we talked about uh, Cowboy Bebop having a, a, an awesome theme song. His show, that theme song, you can't hear his name without hearing the song in your head. So it's been playing since you picked him, Cameron. He was also on my list. You know, they're going toe to toe. Like you said, they're the two names that you really think of. And uh, he's he's a solid pick. Uh, he's got a show on Netflix now that's geared toward adults. Yeah. That's the and show I, I think I was referencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as to how much of a nostalgia pick he is, as long as people are still coming to see like his new stuff, maybe mm-hmm. he's winning over some new fans. It's true. Yep. Yeah. And he, I mean, even if he's not making the nostalgia pick for the contestants, or even if the contestants don't have a nostalgic connection for him, I guess is, is a better way to say it. Uh, the draw is still people watching, right? So if you can get like millennials to watch the college age Jeopardy, that's probably a win for the network um, yeah, in true. terms of, yeah. of drawing an audience. So it still works for that. I was just curious if college kids would um, be as uh, instantly recognize Bill Nye right. and like seeing the Bill Nye theme song as uh, we immediately do when the name comes up bill, right bill 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 so paul we have picked ambassadors for science mm-hmm. i i i am wondering who you're going to choose now because these are the two names that we could think of so uh is there like an ambassador for philosophy or something that would be a good host <laughs> yeah um i actually have um have uh, a similar pick here um uh, uh another brand ambassador uh someone who does um a lot of uh science uh, uh sort of explaining uh, stuff um he does it uh i've seen him on youtube he has books he does podcasts and things like that um i had a couple of picks here uh but i, I felt like some of them were were probably um I don't know, just general, generally would be kind of good at hosting. They didn't bring anything specific to Jeopardy. Um, so I think like for both of you, I, I for the college, I, I thought about someone who did uh, science stuff. I'm going to go with, uh, his, his name is Mike McHargue. He's better known online as Science Mike. Um, and Science Mike uh, does some really interesting stuff. Um, he has a segment called Ask Science Mike, um, where he will um, answer scientific questions um, and, and stuff like that. I uh, uh, sort of became aware of Science Mike when he guested on Good Mythical Morning several times. So they do a segment where they leave something inside a jar 
for a, like a month and then they go to open it and they guess what happened to it. And like, it's, it's a different substance in the jar each time. Like we left something in vinegar for a month. We left something in mayonnaise for a month or whatever, and they pull it out. Uh, and so they started bringing Mike on to, um, uh, uh, sort of, um, uh, help them come up with a better scientific guess, right. Mm. Uh, in terms of what, um, uh, he is so he would not be as well known but i feel like because he does so much stuff online right like college kids especially college kids that are going to be really into trivia might be familiar with the ask science mike show um or the podcast uh, or his work that he has done on um youtube so i feel like uh he was a fit for the um uh, uh, college crowd. Like I said, he's been on with Rhett and Link. Um, he's also done stuff with Pete Holmes in the past. So he's got um, some credit with people that I feel like are pretty popular in that kind of age range. So yeah, science, science Mike here. Cameron, does this make you feel old? I feel like this is a more appropriate pick for Paul's reasoning because yeah. All my students want to be YouTubers. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I should have checked. I mean, there's plenty of guys and gals like this on, on various platforms. And I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Obviously, I didn't do any research to even think about it to, to, to find some. But this is probably, right, 20 years later, this is, this is the same guy kind of doing the same type of stuff. Uh-huh. So I feel like conceptually, it, it is a bit of a better pick. It's, and, a, it's, and it's probably. It's probably something the studio will be able to, to get easier. Um, oh yeah! You know, if you can't get him, there's probably another, another one, uh, several out there that, that do something similar. So, uh, not as flashy on the on the name, but uh, probably getting a little more bang for your buck on this one. <laughs> you know, uh, science Mike uh, is what they called me back in chemistry class. Um, he is. <laughs> Is that because is that because everybody would fall asleep in uh, when you were I don't know. Uh, 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 strange aside. So your description of the growing things in jars. I played science Mike in real life today. Opened a jar of paint that I don't know how long had been in the cabinet, and something foul had grown in that paint. So that was, Oof. that was an unpleasant experience today. Mm. You can't, can't trust those old paint cans. I, I always say that. <laughs> you're, Tempor- you're asking for trouble, man. Yeah. Tempera and acrylic for whatever reason, there's, I guess, organic matter in there. They huh. can yeah. get bad. Uh, one, one other accolade I, I forgot to mention. He is the co-founder of quantum spin studios, which is a, a science consulting company in Hollywood. And he's done uh, work with Marvel and Disney on uh, MCU stuff. So he could, uh, maybe he could pull some connections in for guest clue appearances or something. I feel like he needs to work with someone on branding because when you read that name, all I thought of was a spin class for nerds. Uh, I mean, you know, that's just some good health. So that would be (laughs) another positive in his book, uh, in my opinion. 
All right. Well, that takes us through three rounds. Why don't we do our recap and then uh, we'll do the tournament of champs. We're kind of locked into that for round four. All right. Michael here with my kids host. I've got Nicole Byer for the celebrity uh, host. I've picked Richard Ayoade and for the college host, I've got Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I think it's actually Richard Ayoade. I think he says E on the end. What do you think, Paul? Um, I don't know if I've ever heard him say it. He, you know, like I've heard other people. He uh, says it at the beginning beginning of Travel Man, but he says it very quickly. Yeah. And I have it, actually rewound to hear it before. W- Wikipedia says I O R D. I O R D. Yeah. I O R D. All right, Cameron here for my kids uh, episode. I have Jennifer Lawrence for my celebrity Jeopardy. I have Seth MacFarlane. And for my college Jeopardy, I have Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill, Bill. All right. And uh, for Paul's team here, I've got Kermit the Frog for the kids tournament, Ryan Reynolds for the celebrity tournament, and science Mike McHargue for the college tournament. Uh, as I said, we're, we're locked into the tournament of champions here since we're doing our permanent host at the end. Uh, Mike, you look like you have something to input before we kick it off. You did a little Kermit impression there. I heard that. Yeah. Yep. It, it kind of caused some PTSD. I had a, I had, had a memory. So someone that, uh, a, a girl told me one time that I sounded like Kermit the Frog and that just dashed any hopes of, uh, kind of asking her out. I was like, well, that, that's not going to happen. Uh. <laughs> hey, you don't know man. She might have been into Kermit. She the Frog. she might have been. She might have had a big thing for Kermit the Frog. <laughs> she, that might have been the most positive compliment she gave anyone. And she was like, "Man, why didn't they ask me out after that?" Yeah, Michael, you sound like Kermit the Frog, and then you just walk away. It'd be like, "Well, you sound like Miss Piggy." <laughs> wow, Michael cannot handle the thought of somebody critiquing him. He's just gonna lash out. Uh, Hey, they were a couple. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that's the setup to like a like a Seinfeld episode where someone you know tries to compliment someone by calling them Miss Piggy, and it's like so they, yeah. it's just George the rest of the episode being like it was a compliment, <laughs> like just progressively getting angrier. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. At some point, we should try to figure out which Seinfeld characters we are. <laughs> Cameron, I feel like I feel like you could be a George. Yeah, I've been I've been told, and I would say so. I, I tend to be the George in the group. Uh, I get I get I get frustrated really easily. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I've been told I'm George. Am I the Kramer? I don't think you scheme <laughs> enough. No, you're the, the you're, you're you're the Morty. The Morty. You're, you're Jerry's dad. Okay. Okay. You're Jerry's dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Cameron. <laughs> He's gonna lash out now if I know him. Uh, well, he's gonna give everyone a very what a, a tip calculator for the what's on draft Christmas party. <laughs> oh yeah. By by the way, I hate to bore our listeners here. <laughs> we cannot get to with the extra next round. <laughs> extra content here. Well, I'm actually I'm expired. Inspired y'all on the. Uh, 
on the teachers, Jeff. You did like a nice intermission where y'all just kind of BSed. Uh, you just kind of, well, know, that's because we didn't have a lot to say about every no, it. Pick. Was a, it was a nice, like 10 minute, just kind of <laughs> rambling session. I love it. I love it. So well, well, that'll be a new staple, I guess. Um, uh. intermission, but, um, I sent a text and there's nothing, uh, I feel worse about than sending a text in a group and no responses. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Madeline got her dress. Correct. Ah, and uh, I said, yeah. when are we going suit shopping for you or, <laughs> or tux shopping? No response, not yeah. even a LOL yeah. or, a, or a smiley <laughs> face. Just kind of like, I will not dignify this text with any response. So what gives? It was, it, I, so it was sent uh, as I was like getting ready to go to sleep. And I just you know that they'll forgot be there to respond. The next day, you know? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I, I that, feel you. I, I have two modes, which is like, I respond to something immediately, but if I don't, if I see it and I don't respond to it immediately, like I have so much trouble coming back and like uh -huh. responding to it later. Especially if it's it humorous. If it's something funny, I feel like the moment has passed and it's too late to kind of respond back. I don't know. Okay. So you think it was funny then by that, yeah. by that logic. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Good save. Good save. <laughs> All right. All right, Paul. There's a little intermission. All right. Well, uh, I yeah, I like it um, because I think my pick uh, would be a strong pick for the Tournament of Champions, but um, I, I don't think um, we'll be able to have a lot of conversation. It's not as well-known a person as some of our other picks. Uh, so this is someone I actually – found a lot of support for on the r slash uh, jeopardy subreddit when i was kind of interested in seeing what they thought about who should be the next host and they were a little upset that um some internal candidates were not considered for promotion so uh, on jeopardy there's a group known as the clue crew these are the people that if they have mm. a video clue they're the ones they like send to other countries to go film the clues right Mm -hmm. um, so these, uh, the members of the Clue Crew have worked on the show for like a couple of decades each. Um, and they uh, have been to like, like 46 different countries or something to go film clues for the show. Uh, and I also found in doing research that they run a lot of the rehearsals for people. So instead of Alex showing up for the sort of dress rehearsal with the contestants, they'll come out and run them through some trivia to kind of get used to them. So I feel like they probably got some good experience and they'll have familiarity with guests who are returning to do the tournament of champions because they help them out behind the scenes. So uh, from the clue crew, I'm going to take Sarah Whitcomb Foss. Um, there's uh, uh, several people on the clue crew um, I went with the longest standing female on the crew just because um, I felt like I had had written down the names of a lot of men for the picks. Um, and so I wanted to get some some female representation on there. Uh, but like I said, I feel like for the tournament of champions, um, they you like to bring in either a former contestant or someone who's pretty familiar with the show and fans of Jeopardy wanted them to get one of these trial runs just because they've been doing the show for like several decades now they have experience running the trivia portion. Um, and so I think they would be a good fit. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking Sarah Whitcomb Foss member of the Jeopardy clue crew. Hmm. Paul, I'm surprised you didn't pick blue. 
he seems like the central figure of the clue crew. Uh, that was that was my backup. Uh, if I was going all puppets, I, I was going to oh, okay. go blue. Okay. Uh, okay. But, <laughs> Mike with another dad. Jokes. This is a record number of dad jokes. I, it's unbelievable. I know we're going to get the double digits at this every, point. Every pick. Um, interesting pick. Going with an in-house candidate, uh, which, you know, that didn't serve them well the first go around. So I'm hesitant to think they're <laughs> going to do this again. Uh, yeah, not, not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not wild about it. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a, of a cop out. Somebody already in the studio. Um, not excited about it. So, Yeah. I feel like for the tournament of champions, if it's if it's the production that you're envisioning, you would want someone that's really familiar with the show. So I feel like this is a strong pick for that reason. When we get to my pick, I will I will try to make a different argument for the tournament of champions. Why don't you make it right now? Well, I'm gonna lead into my pick with it. So okay. before uh, your pick that would maybe serve you, Cameron. So mm. I'm not going to do that just yet. So how do I argue against Paul and future argue against Michael without <laughs> knowing what his argument is? Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, right. I, I, this is, I think, a specific pick for the Tournament of Champions, again, because they will have literally worked with all those contestants who show up for the tournament of champions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that familiarity will be, uh, will be good. And they have a big trivia background, right. From uh, working on the show, the production of the show, coming up with the clues for the road trips and things like that. So um, I, I think they would be, and like I said, I, I, I heard the names because I was looking at what fans of Jeopardy were saying, and they wanted these people to be more involved with the show than they even are now, which is pretty involved. So um, that's why I thought uh, one of the crew members would be a good pick. Okay. Um, all right. Tournament of champions, right? So I, I pick somebody who is very used to speaking while champions are combating each other for that uh, championship. Somebody who has a lengthy history of uh, speaking during these championship level events. I'm going with uh, much better than me, for sure. I'm going with uh, NFL announcer and commentator, as well as Major League Baseball um, announcer and commentator. Uh, he does the World Series every year. I'm going with Joe Buck as my Tournament of Champions Jeopardy host. If you don't know Joe Buck, you have heard Joe Buck. If you've had an NFL game on uh, in your life, as well as the World Series, uh, he is a quintessential announcer. He's got a great commentator voice, very, very um, fluid timbre. Um, I, I think he'll just sound great saying the questions, um, and he can handle championship level um, com- competitions uh, with, with no issue. Um, and because he's used to commentating on games, 
uh, he knows how to flow in and out based on what happens. So I think he'll be able to also kind of add his own little flair as the, uh, you know, episode or, or as the tournament goes on and, and, and it gets a little bit, uh, you know, these, these champions, they, 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 they flow and jive a little bit more than everyday contestants, not quite as loose and fancy, fancy free and funny as the celebrity episodes, but you know, they know how to kind of have a little shtick um, in their game. And I think an announcer like Joe Buck is going to compliment that. well. Now, did you know he was one of the guest hosts? On the show, oh. I know that. did not know that. Um, Paul pulling out the knowledge here. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was um, one of what the... is what are you talking about? <laughs> um, he was uh, one of the guest hosts. Um, did you also know that people online really hate Joe Buck? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh, there is um, a, a blog called uh, Joe Buck Sucks. Um, and, uh, people have chanted at him at games, uh, Joe Buck sucks. And, uh, I'm looking at a Yahoo article right now. Uh, no joke. This is titled Jeopardy fans have joined the ranks of people who hate Joe Buck. Okay. Quick question. Do people hate Bob Costas? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with Bob Costas. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I mean, Joe, uh, uh, I mean, obviously they, they brought him on. They felt like, um, he, he had something to offer. I, I have never had the animosity, um, to Joe Buck. I wouldn't say I'm like a Joe Buck fan, but I, I have not disliked him, but, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a meme online that people, uh, some people dislike Joe Buck's commentary. So they, they really hate it when he's calling the game of, uh, one of their teams, um, well, I always felt that Joe was more the main announcer and not the mm-hmm. color commentator, um, which, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe he does comment too much and needs to leave that to the color commentator. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> one last uh, James, James Holzhauer, who is the guy who was like the third highest grossing uh, he tweeted, Jeopardy says whoever hosts full-time will have to quit their other jobs, so now I'm crossing my fingers that it's Joe Buck. So there's a well, there silver lining. Uh, he will go. no longer <laughs> be calling sports games, so you'll make the Joe Buck sucks people happy. Well, it is the Tournament <laughs> of Champions. It's not the everyday show. <laughs> That's true. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> so he's a, he's a sports gambler, and so that might uh, make sense. He's probably encountered joe buck a lot <laughs> yes oh yeah. oh yeah. i thought you meant i thought you meant buck was a sports I, gambler th- that's what i thought too i was, I was like, like Hol- uh yeah. that'd be funny if he was if he would like had bets that he was placing on the contestants be like man i was really hoping you'd miss that that double jeopardy because i took the under on here on the dollar <laughs> he like, amount he like the person he didn't bet on he like kind of mispronounces the question he's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jeopardy point shaving scandal, Joe, Joe Buck. <laughs> uh, well, he's he's definitely he's got the experience. He did two weeks uh, of the main show, so you know, unlike um, uh, unlike anyone else who has been picked today, you know, physically he can do the job. He there is evidence of that. Yeah, true. 
All right, Mike, what is, what is this argument that uh, you're going to lead into your pick with? Okay. So it, it stems from an episode of planet money called how uncle Jamie broke jeopardy. And one of the planet money hosts is sort of related to Jamie Holzhauer. He's uh, his, He's like a brother-in-law to him. I think it's his wife's sister's husband, something like this. And so he was vying to be his nieces and nephews' favorite uncle. Well, then Jamie comes along and explodes on Jeopardy. So this episode, they talk about strategies and how he kind of changed the game. And they talk about the buzzer speed being really crucial and setting people apart almost more than uh, just knowing the answers. Cause most people have a broad knowledge base that go on. They interviewed Ken Jennings during this episode, or they at least talked about uh, his background and I wasn't aware, but I think they said he was born in South Korea. And so he grew up watching Jeopardy and that was kind of one of the ways he learned English and he got very, very familiar with the cadence of Alex Trebek. And so he knew exactly his rhythms and cadences in his speech patterns and knew when to buzz in, because if you buzz early, you're locked out for just a a fraction of a second. So if you buzz early, you're basically out on this question. Which is why you see people mashing the the buzzer. (laughs) as the question's getting finished because they're just like they're buzzing too early and they can't get it to go Mm because they keep yeah so i propose that we shake things up for that reason they're too polished they know what they're doing we want to change up the game because they're all champions here so i want somebody new i want somebody that's going to be a a game changer here i'm going to bring in shakira to be the host for this She's brilliant. She speaks six languages. She has a degree in ancient philosophy. And she has a really warm uh, personality. She hosts The Voice. I think she's going to be a very different style host than the champions are used to. And so the game will change and they'll have to adjust. It'll kind of test them in a new way. So I... Um, uh, Shakira is, is one of those celebrities that, um, like, like you said, is, is, uh, has like accomplished, like speaks all his language, things like that. You can, you be, a, people are a little surprised when they hear that. Right. So I think that, um, is an interesting element. I do like that your pitch though, is that I want to bring in someone who might not be as good. <laughs> I want to bring in a, a bad host to really get them, to uh, throw get them, them on their the yeah. Not as good, but I'm, that, that's not what I mean. I mean, she's just going to be different. It's not going to be your standard quiz master. That's what I mean. Yeah. Michael's the kind of guy that's like, when you get to the NBA championship series, you know, uh, dunks are worth four points or something like that. Just drastically change the game. Yeah. Got to make things different. Shake yeah. it up. Interesting. So why, why Shakira? I feel like that approach where you're like somebody who's going to be different. I mean, you have kind of the right. We're trying to find people who would work in the existing 
uh, format or role. And you're like, I'm going to find somebody who doesn't, but I feel like the world's kind of open to you. So what made you land on Shakira? So I was researching just kind of uh, academic celebrities for this role. And I want someone that, that a lot of these contestants are maybe not going to be comfortable around where her kind of level of fame is going to make them feel awkward. Oh, they don't want to, they don't want to look like a, like a, like a, like an idiot in front of Shakira. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to, it's going to maybe take them down a peg. That makes sense. Because you're talking about having, you know, maybe a little, a level of uh, comfort. And uh, all, all double jeopardy questions should be based around uh, like Colombian topics. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Maybe read in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Has there been a Colombian uh, champion? Because then that would be a bit of a bit of an advantage. (laughs) (laughs) How many international uh, uh, players have they had? I don't know because is it isn't aren't there international jeopardies? You mean Jeopardy the show elsewhere? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably. So I would think they Uh would just do their own Jeopardy. I don't know. Mm. There has been uh, three seasons of an international Jeopardy tournament. Hmm. Um, That's cool. although one of the three winners is is from the U.S. of the international tournament, which is uh, too good, <laughs> too good, too smart. Um, this, uh, yeah, I was trying to see if maybe somebody like compiled uh, some information about like all the Jeopardy winners, but there's not. Um, one, one, this is just a total aside. Speaking of winners, one weird thing I noticed is that people like to upload all of the final Jeopardy questions to YouTube, but not anything else. They just put the final Jeopardy questions up. And Hmm. my best guess is if people watch the show regularly and they like miss it and they want to see maybe how the last episode ended, like how much money Mm -hmm. the person Mm -hmm. had when they won or something, they check a youtube channel they're familiar with real quick but i don't know i thought that was weird i was trying to find clips of the guest host and it was like only the final jeopardy <laughs> questions that people were uploading it's like this so you is... get to see 30 seconds of their hosting ability right which is mostly like silence while the waiting music plays so it was oh, very gosh. weird like not a good representative uh, sample but yeah I, mm-hmm. I i would be curious to know how many um international contestants had one Another thing that they talk about in that Planet Money episode is how there's a website database of all the Jeopardy questions that have ever been asked. And so current players study that thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people that have backgrounds in data analytics have actually crawled the site and captured all the data and studied it. And the Daily Devils are not in random places. They talk about where they're likely to pop up. And so you start to see the game change that way too. People know where they're going to land. Yeah. Jamie Jamie was a big proponent of that. He studied that. Yeah. I I remember reading that he, he um, seeked out the daily doubles. Uh And I think, um, yeah, they're probably staged based on where it adds the most drama, right. In the typical progression of the game. Correct. Correct. And so it makes sense that they would, tend to be in the same spot and then people would notice that so i guess i'll have to change it now that's interesting right so it it was not likely to be in the the highest 
money category and it's not going to be in the first row either typically it's going to be like the third one down right yeah that'd be pretty that'd be i guess you can't put it in the front the first row because it's like all right the very first question right (laughs) double jeopardy that would um, yeah it'd be pretty lame yeah and so holzhauer he would try to build up his bank and mm-hmm. then go after that and then double. find it yeah yeah so he would try to hit all the thousand dollar questions first and then look yeah. for it and he would always like he would always bet like to double up whenever uh-huh. he could so yeah interesting interesting all right check well, out, yeah be... yeah check out that episode of planet mike it's awesome uh i feel like this was our most diverse round in terms of picks mm-hmm. so yeah, no Interesting doubt. to see what the listeners think we about should, that. We should just say who our people are. See, see if they can figure out what, what, what Jeopardy <laughs> we assign them to. Uh, yeah, just list them at the end. Be like, yeah. here's my jumble. Hey, so let uh, Madeline doesn't know what I picked. Does Elena have any idea what you picked, Paul? Uh, she, she knows my list. Hmm. She does. We, okay. we went over my well, list, yeah. Were you going to just say, like, do a blind? Yeah. Yeah. Just show them our list and say, hey, what category do you think this was picked for? <laughs> I wanted to throw at least a wild card in there somewhere. Okay. So. I had I had a real wild card I thought about for Celebrity Jeopardy. I'll mention it in the um in the alternates. But why don't we why don't we get into the the big fish now? I'm sure everyone's been on the edge of their seat waiting for our official Alex Trebek. Uh, the Sony executives have just been pulling their hair out. Like, get to it, guys. I don't know how to skip ahead in a podcast. And we need to make this higher now. So, uh, Mike, who are you taking as your permanent Jeopardy wow. host? Wow. I started <laughs> They can never leave. <laughs> so, I mentioned an NPR show just a minute ago. I'm a fan of NPR. I'm a fan of their mm-hmm. podcasts. We talked about how you want someone to not have uh, the level of celebrity that's going to be distracting from the game itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like an NPR host is a really nice fit because they've got a beautiful voice. They're comfortable interviewing people and they've got a, a background in media. Just putting them on camera is going to be a very small change this person that i'm going to pick interviews bigwigs from companies all over so they're used to talking to ceos and these people that are hugely important and getting them to spill the beans so they have a way of kind of making them feel comfortable and bringing them in and getting them to answer the questions that they want and i feel like that as a host is a really important skill. I feel like Alex was able to very quickly get the contestants to open up and then kind of shut them back down and then go to answer questions. Yeah. And so I think this person has a really, uh, it seems like they care. It seems like they're just an honest person and uh, feel like they're authentic and people can read that so i'm going to pick guy Roz for my host he uh was on all things considered he has uh produced the ted radio hour and how i built this so he's got a really 
strong media background. And like I said, he's, he's excellent at interviewing people. So I feel like he, he would slot into this role very well. Give me a minute while you guys can keep talking while I play his voice on my headphones. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, as immediately familiar with some of his work, but I do think um, a journalist, uh, having a journalist step in uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think Alex, uh, Alex reportedly had a short list of um, three people that he kind of thought would be a good successor. Ken Jennings, mm-hmm. uh, one of those. And then um, of the other two, one is um, Laura Coates, who's a legal analyst for CNN. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he uh, had kind of probably the same thought that that not, you know, that ability to interview, to know someone um, and also just be familiar, right? Like, especially someone who's doing um, online content, like podcasts and things like that uh, is, 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 and then a lot of NPR, right. Is obviously gearing more online as, as radio is not, um, as large a medium. Um, you have to be able to jump quickly from topic to topic. So he's, he's going to be read on a wide variety of stuff, um, which is, you know, the other difficult part of being the host is that you could have a question pop up where you have to pronounce like a bunch of stuff in French. And then the next question is, uh, you know, related to some obscure fact that again might have, or maybe there's like a vocab word that's just really big. So you have to, you have to be able to study up quickly and, and make it through a, a wide variety of stuff. And so I feel like a, like a NPR host and content producer would be, um, it would make sense that uh, uh, he would do that. And um, uh, doing a quick Google just to, to uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't immediately recall his face. So I wanted to Google it. Uh, New York Times refers to him as one of the most popular podcasters in history. So mm-hmm. uh, probably just below us, but uh, definitely <laughs> up there. And uh, yeah, shout, you know, we're going to throw him a bone with this job from us, the bigger podcast, giving him a, a, a handout. Yeah. Give him a boost. Maybe, maybe get him to a job that he really wants. That's right. Right, yeah, I like this you, guy. You yeah, 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 I know who he is now. I can hear his voice. Um, you know, I don't all the NPR uh, names. I just I cannot keep them straight in my mm-hmm. head. So mm-hmm. I, I know them by their voice. Um, no, I like I, I like this guy. He's he's kind of the voice I kind of look for in a host. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bef- you know, there, there's a lot of people like him uh, that uh, you run across as you you search your own personal. Q and, and media. Uh, and so he's, he's more of a, a more famous one, uh, even though I, I couldn't place him. Um, so it's nice that you got somebody who's probably the most, and this is what the permanent host should be kind of the, the safer pick, the more um, mm-hmm. understandable pick um, that would work in a, in a jeopardy set, uh, setting. So I think, mm-hmm. I think you, you hit it on the head here. And he doesn't have the kind of, smooth uh coffee jazz kind of npr voice that's not what he goes for he gets mm. real close on the mic it's more of a naturalistic approach and mm. i feel like he's got a, a, a higher voice than some of the radio djs that try to talk in like a bass tone mm. um the ted radio hour i feel like that makes him familiar with a lot of different topics like you were saying paul and he's comfortable interviewing and and talking with all these intellectuals about various topics 
So I feel like he would be okay with the Jeopardy crowd for sure. Yeah, I think so. All right, Cameron. Uh, what? Uh, who have you got lined up here for your uh, your Alex Trebek replacement? Okay, um, I got an oldie but a goodie. So a couple years max. Is this person going to be around? <laughs> I hate to say it. Didn't wasn't aware of how old they were when I landed on them. But they're old, but that's all right. The times they are a changing. So get in. Get a couple of good years of Jeopardy, and then we're on to the next guy. Nobody's going to be able to duplicate uh, Trebek, so uh, let's not try to find another thirty-year host. I don't think that's going to happen. Part of the appeal of Jeopardy was uh, was was Trebek in general, so let's not try and uh, duplicate that. Yes, I'm the same, Michael. Yeah, you said the times were changing. Uh, is this person knock knock knocking on heaven's door? I, I was shaking my head as soon as okay, as soon okay. as you started uh, talking there. Yeah. Anyway, Bob Dylan. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, Neil Young. No, I'm joking. Um, so I'm going with somebody pure purely on how they sound. Uh, I think they sound amazing. I've heard several of their works. And dare I say, it's probably one of the best voices I ever heard. Uh, and uh, I think that's really what you need in a Jeopardy host. Uh, they got to sound good. They got to sound calm, level, um, not overreaching, not overbearing, not too powerful, not like a cat interrupting a podcast. Um, somebody who can almost put you to sleep, you know, um, if it wasn't for the, the buzzers, I think Jeopardy would be a great show to fall asleep to if it wasn't for the and or you know whatever. So I'm going with world renowned. Well, I mean he's got a a, a pretty eclectic career of stage work, um, music, acting. But where I know him best is from his audiobook work. I'm going with Jim Dale, the famous uh, audiobook. Um, voice actor. If you've ever listened to, well, I think there's a there's a raging debate out there. Harry Potter audiobooks. Uh, there's the Jim Dale version, and then there's the English Stephen Fry version. Stephen Fry is great, but um, I think Jim Dale is better. And I've listened to a couple other books where Jim Dale is the the audio caster, and his voice is just so good. He he reads those sentences in a way that makes reading seem more fun than it really is for somebody who's not much of a reader like me uh, as much as I wish I were. So Jim Dale, look him up, uh, listen to a couple passages from Harry Potter, the audiobook, um, and tell me that's not like somebody who should be reading a question, a ripe old age of 85. So maybe one season, one season as a host and then, uh, hang, hang up the cleats. He's going to pull like a Peyton Manning, go somewhere, mm-hmm. win a ring, call it, call it good. <laughs> Uh, so he's your he's your temporary permanent host. He's the Betty White. Come in, bingo. Uh, yeah, give this him guy, time this, to really figure out the next step. This guy's like eighteen years younger than Betty White. This is <laughs> true. Yeah, that means anything. But he's a guy, so you know you got to factor that out too. They live shorter yeah. lives. Yeah. Okay, but when when you're dealing with one person, you don't use that <laughs> argument. That's what you're talking about, like a community. Not that guy's going to die first. He's a man. <laughs> Come on. Had I known you were looking for solely voice actors, uh, I, I came across a voice actor on one of the British quiz shows 
called Red Pepper. It's R-E-D-D, Pepper. Tremendous voice. Okay. And it's so deep. I'll check it out. Check them out. It, it would be it'd be pretty awe-inspiring to hear. I, I would probably not be able to answer the questions, though. I'd just be like, man, that was beautiful. That was, can you say that again? <laughs> yeah. I can heard you it repeat the question. But can you say it again? Um, yeah, I I mean, I would assume uh, his, his Broadway background uh, means that he probably has the personality to handle the room, right? Um, just tend to be uh, outgoing and obviously able to uh, command a presence on the stage if you've done some Broadway work. I'm looking at his list of Broadway credits. Uh, Scapino, Busker Alley. He was oh, he was in Joe Egg. Who could forget <laughs> Joe Egg? Uh, and the Music Man. So there, all right, there's one that I, I recognize. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, oh, Just Jim Dale. Okay, so he must have his own one-man one man. show. So there you go. Uh, used like it used to used to take in the stage um, himself and be in the center of attention. So yeah, I don't. Um, I uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I do. So the the Harry Potter right uh, audio books. I do know a fun fact that with the English version with Stephen Fry, he complained to uh, J.K. Rowling that he had trouble with the phrase uh, with the word pocketed pocketed. Cause there's a line in the book that says Harry pocketed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, oh. he couldn't say pocketed it. And so he went to Joe and was like, Hey, can we change this? I, I can't say it. And she was like, no, you have to say it. Cause she thought it was funny that he was having such trouble with it. And oh, then gosh. she put the phrase Harry pocketed it in every book going forward that she published oh, you know just what? so Stephen Fry would have to say it again. It sounds like a phrase. I I was like, yeah, that has to be in the, in the series. And now it's probably because it's in there seven times. Yes, it's it was just a mess with Stephen Fry. So he did get through that challenge in recording. Wow. Uh, yeah, this says on his website, Jim narrated all seven Harry Potter audiobooks, creating over 200 individual character voices. Um, and he won, uh, he won 10 audio awards, which are the Oscars of the narration world. So, um, he could, he could do different voices if, uh, you know, if he needs to mix something up in a category, just this, this category is the professor Flitwick category, right? He, he read it. He can do the, he can do his own, uh, clue crew. Or he does it with in different different voices. It just cuts to him in a different country, but talking in a different Harry Potter voice. Um, this I know your wife is a big uh, pothead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, does does she has she listened to the books? Uh, she listened she has yes she has listened to them, uh, but I believe she is. A, a Stephen Fry. Fan. Ooh, mm. oh, I think so. Yikes! Gosh, um, which vaccine did she get? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if we are like arch nemesis. Oh, uh, we were. We were the we're, we're Pfizer gang, which oh. is uh, turns out to be the not quite as effective. <laughs> I thought vaccine. the Moderna was the not quite as effective. N- not with the Delta variant. The Moderna oh. has been better with Delta. Well, um, in Israel, but hey, I mean, the they're P- both. I'm in the PF gang too, so they're they're both good. Get vaccinated, everyone. It's just just do it. 
just come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of wearing masks. Right. <laughs> anyway, so Jim Dale, um, you know, when I, when I read Harry Potter, um, I read it at my wife's behest, uh, maybe about four years ago, we read mm. it over a summer and we would periodically listen to Jim Dale while we mm. scan the pages. Um, or maybe listen while we're doing something menial. Um, very enjoyable. Uh, so that was your first read through of the series. My first read through. It was a read slash intermittent listening slash intermittent listening Mm -hmm. while following along on the page. Hmm. Um, which listening while following along the page is tough to do because you naturally read so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not not me but yes you read faster than spoke everybody reads no. faster than speaking no 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 you you, you read fat you read faster than an than an audiobook speaking it because the audiobook goes harry entered the room with great reverence he looked around like that's i hear i hear my voice reading at that speed when i read I think I think I, I I'm a slow reader. I'm exaggerating, but yeah. I, I was about to say I am a very slow reader. I'm a poor reader. I know it for various reasons that Holly has explained how the school system has failed me, um, but it is what it is. And so I am like the 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 bottom of the barrel when it comes to reading, and and you it's hard to keep to keep um, from reading ahead during an audiobook is what uh, I found yeah. when you're listening to it. Um, sorry, we're getting off topic here. So anyway, but it was still fun nonetheless to kind of see the names especially in a fantasy novel you kind of have to see the names so you don't get lost with all the different made-up words so that that's probably the, the biggest benefit i would not recommend listening to an audiobook of just a generic fiction or or, or some non-fiction um while trying to follow along yeah i did not know how to pronounce uh, hermione when i came across it I was not familiar with that name so well, how would you say Hermione. It's it's spelled Hermione. Hermione. Yeah, I think a lot of people pronounced it that way initially. And nobody knew until the movie. Is that correct? Well, uh, Americans might not have. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, because when they first started coming out, you know, it's not like people were finding clips of interviews and stuff, so you didn't hear from Rolling as often as you would now. So yeah, pr- mm-hmm. probably a lot of people like got to the first movie and were like, "What mm-hmm. is going on?" Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, permanent Jeopardy host. Um, I think the thing I thought about a lot was um, I, I just read some of the behind the scenes stuff. And it's interesting how much the host has to juggle to be the host of Jeopardy. Like a uh, uh, thing that I would have never guessed, you know, the like boop, boop, boop sound that comes if you've taken too long to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not automated. Alex had a button and he would push it. And so that way he could, as the host, know that like, if you gambled a lot of money and it looks like you're not going to get the answer right, he could give you a couple extra seconds just to make it more dramatic on TV to see if you were going to come up with the answer and then cut you off. So he actually had to do that manually. Um, What the hell is Michael doing? (laughs) He's juggling. Uh, Oh my God. Okay. Uh, silently ju- yeah so you are juggling a lot of things 
Um, so he was doing I, it for like 30 seconds, which <laughs> you're talking. He goes, I'm yeah. not interested. So I'm, I'm just not looking at the camera. So I wouldn't be the store. What he's I was a, saying. He's not a cat dad. He's a cat. He's just entertaining himself. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. oh, this oh, is off the rails, man. All right. Okay. So, so anyway, so, they, so, right, because, so I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, he did be, the buzzer himself. That's really yeah. interesting. So because of like all the little things you have to think of. Um, I, I wanted to go with someone who had some experience hosting a show, um, someone who was pretty quick witted, but had a dry sense of humor as we've been talking about, um, someone who's known for their wide kind of trivia knowledge. Now this person's not known for their wide uh, trivia knowledge in all categories, but extremely well-versed in uh, culinary trivia and who has run a game show that is very fast paced and involved a lot of rapidly keeping up with changing dollar figures. I'm going with a cutthroat host in Alton Brown here. Uh, I think a good level of celebrity where people are familiar with him. He has really big fans. They know who he is, but he's not going to overpower the show with celebrity because he's right. He's food network famous. He's not like Ryan Reynolds famous here. Um, but extremely quick witted. Um, he, he just has a deep, like, you know, you'll just talk about, uh, you know, like salt will come up and he can tell you like the entire history of salt and across the globe. Um, so he, I, I feel like we'll be able to handle the various trivia questions. And like I said, cutthroat kitchen is an incredibly fast game show, uh, because he's doing the, like, um, if you're not familiar with the show, you like gamble the money you could potentially win to get sabotages to try to hurt the other contestants and you do it while you're cooking. So he's having to, you know, it's not like he handles everything and then he gets to step back. He's having to like host commentate and also juggle everyone betting money on stuff. So it, it's a lot to handle. So I feel like he'd be able to also handle everything that goes into the jeopardy hosting job. Plus I just like him. So Alton Brown. I really like this pick. I love, uh, is it Alton or Alton? I think uh, they say Alton. Alton, yeah. I love his voice and his speech pattern. I, I just mm-hmm. love the way he speaks. So I think and just like uh, Michael's guy, I think Michael's guy, guy, um, <laughs> I think this is just a great pick in uh, because of the way he sounds. Um, I never met him. My mom met him at a book signing and he signed yeah. a book for me. So I have a signed <gasps> book of his down nice. here. It says uh, cook smart Cameron. That's what it says. Right. But uh, so, yeah, I really like this pick. You're right. He's been on, you know, reality TV, so to speak. So he knows kind of what's happening there. So he's not going to be a fish out of water. So I think this is a really good pick. I feel like he just has a, a likable personality, mm-hmm. even though he's doing really, sadistic things on the show <laughs> he's he's not unlikable and yes, uh, yeah it, i feel like he's even mentioned that he is part of or you know one of the main people that comes up with the sabotages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so um, he <clears throat> yeah i think that uh you're right like he he can be kind of sadistic uh, but still likable at the same time, sort of like Alex Trebek calling your your band uh, music for losers. And then <laughs> right, these right, people still right, admiring right. you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. 
that is a, a different level of likability. <laughs> you can't operate that way and not turn people off. Uh, again, like you said, not an overpowering presence. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a really nice pick uh, going from cable to one of the main channels here. Mm-hmm. When you talked about someone that could juggle a lot of things and was good at hosting and quick-witted, I thought you might pick D'Angelo Vickers, Paul. Mm. That's that's why I started pantomime juggling. That's that's where my brain went. Gotcha. But uh, this is so much better. This is a better pick. I don't know if D'Angelo ever recovered from his slam dunk snafu. So uh, might well, not be fit to host. All right. Well, Mike's always got to get that uh, office reference in there. Uh, and we made it. You made it at the last second. Yeah, yeah. buzzer beater. <laughs> What's awesome on Peacock, there's the fans version that has more content. So hmm. we're rewatching it, and there's just tidbits every here and you know scattered throughout the show that were cut. Hmm. So it's really weird to watch and say, "Hey, okay, that was that was not in the original." Yeah, that little segment right there, that little awkwardness was cut. It's cut out. Uh, hmm. It does. It, it adds a lot sometimes. Where it really had an effect, there was uh, uh, a line from Jim and Pam at the. It's the diversity training, and they're asking Michael a question, and man, they should have left it in. So go check that out if you got Peacock. It's it's free. You can go check out that episode yep. particularly. But it's so much more impactful with what they said. Should I just tell everyone? At this point, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So it, that segment ends with Michael being really racist toward Kelly. And can you remind us? He does an Indian accent toward her and asks okay. if she wants a, a cookie. Okay, that's right. Repeats it over and over. Well, Pam asks, what card was she wearing? And Jim chimes in, she wasn't wearing a card. Mm. Or I don't think she was wearing a card. Mm. And so that just, you know, hits the nail on the head and kind of drives the whole scene home. Yeah. I don't know why they cut that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they thought it made Michael too unlikable. Right. <laughs> we gotta, yeah. We, we have to continue this character on the show. Yeah. So um that's yeah. probably it, actually. Yeah. Well, I do have I do have uh, a peacock account, so I could watch uh, Girls Five Eva as as mentioned in last <laughs> week's episode. So I can indeed check that out. All right, guys, we uh we we surprisingly uh, uh, turned into one of uh, one of our well, I guess our normal length episodes, but uh, we didn't breeze through it as quickly as I thought we would. But um, I haven't potted in a while, so I really wanted to get get things. all that energy out there. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, why don't we do our our thirty second quick pitches, and uh, then we'll tell everyone where to vote. Michael here. 
just look at my list of names and vote for me. They can't awesome. see it. They're awesome. not going to be able to see yeah. it. Just envision it. So All right. Got okay. Nicole Byer for the kids host, Richard Ayoade for the celebrity host, Neil deGrasse Tyson for the college games, Shakira for the tournament of champions, and Guy Raz for the permanent host. Shakira, Shakira. Right? Yeah. You might put on a good show, a good warm-up song or something. I don't know. Um, all right, Cameron here. Kids Jeopardy, Jennifer Lawrence. Celebrity Jeopardy, Seth MacFarlane. College, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, champions, Joe Buck. And then permanent host, around 18 months, Jim Dale. <laughs> yeah, not so permanent, permanent host. Uh, uh, uh. And uh, yeah, you definitely have the nightly host, uh, nightly for him because he's, you know, four four o'clock counts as nightly because he's got to get to oh, the, yeah. the senior special at the diner. <laughs> That's right. Uh, by five five p.m. Uh, Paul's team here uh, for the kids show. I've got Kermit the Frog for Celebrity Jeopardy. I've got Ryan Reynolds, uh, College. I've got Science Mike Mahargu. Uh, for the Tournament of Champions, Clue Crew member Sarah Whitcomb Foss. And then for my Alex Trebek replacement, Alton Brown. Uh, listeners, you can vote on which of these hosts you'd most like to see on TV by going uh, to the links in the episode description. Uh, you can also find that information at anchor.fm slash what's on draft. Our social media pages are where you go to cast a vote. Uh, we would also appreciate it if you could uh, give us that five-star review wherever you're listening to this. This helps us get through the algorithm, get out there to some more listeners. Um, if you're a big Jeopardy fan, you know someone else who's a Jeopardy fan, uh, you could share this episode with them. Um, if they're a Mandy Patinkin fan, you could share this episode with them. Uh, and we've also got a back catalog of all kinds of topics, everything uh, from uh, serial killers to Christmas toys is in the back catalog. So uh, go and check that out. You can also email us at what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to give us some input on who you think should have been one of our picks. Um, all right, guys, I've got, uh, I've got a, a few alternates. Um, I, I could run down here real quick, but I don't know any, any big names on your alternate list. Yeah, I got no one. I had Billy Eichner as a possible one, especially for the celebrities. I thought he could be fun. Probably with the college students too, kind yeah. of grouping them. I had uh, a lot. John Oliver was a consideration. Uh, David Strathairn, Jim Broadbent. I thought he'd be kind of maybe goofy with with the actors um cal pin from mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. uh from harold and kumar yep uh peter sagel was another consideration mm. but we were talking about the the joking around with the the contestants and i feel like he's so funny might be hard to kind of stop that Although he does a good job transitioning from just chatting with a guest celebrity into the quiz part. But ultimately I thought Guy was more Jeopardy fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you made the right call with that one. 
Um, I so I had a couple. Um, I had uh, John Michael Higgins was kind of my backup for any category guy in case um, my my top picks got stolen. Who's that? Uh, uh, he's, um, uh, from the mighty wind or, uh, and he's got, he's got a ton oh. of acting credits and also hosts a lot of stuff on uh game show network. Um, was he in the group that looked more like the beach boys? Uh, he is in, in the mighty wind. Yeah. Let me here. I'll just show you. I mean, you'll recognize him. Yes. Yep, yep. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. So he, uh, he has like a ton of game show experience and is just kind yeah. of like a generally likable presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's acted as like a game show host. Yes. Yep. Right. Is that what you're saying? No, he, he literally, he's, a, hosts, he's real. Yeah. He yeah, literally yeah. hosts trivia shows yeah. on the game show network. That's what um, I thought. I, and I feel like he's been in fiction as like a host of some. Sort. Yeah. I think he has. He, well, he, he's he, also, he's in, um, best in show. He is. Mm-hmm. Isn't he one of the hosts? Yeah. He, he's got an insane IMDb. He's in like, uh, he's in, uh, he does a bunch of voiceover work. So he was a character in Legend of Korra and like Batman shows. And he's in like sci-fi show. Like he's just like all over the place. It's oh, crazy cool. um, what all he's been in. But yeah, so he was like a backup for any category. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has hosted a trivia show with hey. children. So I had him on my kids Jeopardy list. Hmm. Um, and then for Celebrity Jeopardy, I thought about uh, people who could just constantly derail the show in an amusing way. So I had um, Flula Borg as an option. I think Flula, yes. like, yes. That, that it would be a bad show, but it would be must see like TV. Or uh, Flula is a German comic um that he kind of plays up not understanding english and that like in a really comedic way he he was a frequent guest on conan and he loved it he always would wear a fanny pack and just it, conan would always have to ask him like what's in your fanny pack and he'd like bring out crazy stuff uh but he's he's super funny uh and i also wrote down will ferrell but in character as alex trebek for celebrity mm. jeopardy oh oh uh, or norm mcdonald um would be but my I don't know if he can ask the questions the way they need he to be asked. but again that's why it would only work yeah. for celebrity uh but uh my my alternate uh idea um other than like the one i went with was my first thoughts for all the categories but then i thought in honor of alex i could have just done an all canadian draft but i was going to wait till the end to, re- to to point out that i had drafted only canadians um, mm. If I had done that, I would have gone uh, Eugene Levy for the permanent host, uh, Michael Buble for kids host. Um, there's a sci-fi author named uh, Corey Doctorow that's like an online um, information advocate, like free information um, advocate, uh, who I would have been for the college group. Uh, for the Tournament of Champions, Rick Moranis, and then still Ryan Reynolds for Celebrity, or Norm Macdonald's also Canadian. So those would that would have been my all Canadian. Why didn't you do app. that? Because I liked uh, I liked Alton and Kermit a lot as picks. So I didn't. Yeah, know. I'm, I'm mean, glad. Do we know Canadian. Kermit's not Kermit's not Canadian? He's not. I looked it up. The puppeteer. I looked about up. I, I looked Jim for Hansen? any. Yeah, Anything? Jim Hansen's not. I looked for any Canadian. I was like, where is it filmed? <laughs> Can I make a Canada connection for the? Is Muppets? it first aired in Canada? Yeah, it didn't. Like it that? didn't work. Oh, so, okay. 
I did I did research that to look it up. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've, we've gone on a whole lot. So uh, listeners, thanks for, uh, thanks for checking it out. This is a fantastic pod hosted by three nerdy people. You've been listening to what's on draft. That's the answer. There you go. That... That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs>